just as we were worshiping, I was becoming overwhelmed by the Father's love. Hi, guys out there. I see you through the doors. <laughs> the Father's love for each and every one of you, it's overwhelming. It's so beautiful. And I just picked up, I think, his Father's heart, which is also a mothering one today. And more than words, more than anything that may tickle your ears today, or it might be something that you say, oh, I've heard that. More than that, I pray for the impartation of the Father's mothering heart for you today. So just before I start, sorry, I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> I think there's people in this room today who have, uh, maybe you can close your eyes with this one. And just let the words of Holy Spirit touch your heart. There's people in this room today that have not had a good father and mother image. And the father sees you. And his mothering nature nurtures you today. Receive that impartation today. You may not think it logically because of the hurt and the pain over years and years of neglect and abandonment and rejection. But he's here in all forms today because he's the only one that can fill every need. He's the only one. There's also people in this room that may have had failed marriages. And there's just like this, like a wall that goes up every time you hear anything to do with family and and love and everlasting covenants and and he's here to heal. He's here, here to touch you. Maybe guilt of giving up babies. Maybe guilt of giving up a marriage. I just feel the Holy Spirit's here to just heal you completely today. To take away every hurt, every pain, every rejection. Jesus, you're beautiful. It's not just a nice song we sing today, Lord, but you are beautiful. Holy Spirit, you are here. You are beautiful. Father, you are beautiful. You are everything we need today, right now. Some of you are missing loved ones. He is everything you need right now. Everything. Everything. So I thank you, Lord, as we just share a few things today, Lord, that you will minister to your people. And not one person in this room would leave feeling unloved, untouched, or unwelcomed. Because this is your family, God, and you are our Father. And we just trust you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Last week, um, Grant preached such a beautiful message about having a personal trust in Jesus. How many of you were here for that? It was deep. A personal trust in Jesus. We can become so familiar in our walk with God and forget to trust him with everything. 
And as things are on the increase and the chaos and around us, we forget to put our trust in him. And so following on a little bit from that, that the response to putting a personal trust in Jesus is our faithfulness to God. And I just wanted to touch a little bit on faithfulness today and, um, and the well-being of our soul. So just very briefly, because I don't know if we mentioned in the announcements that we have free cappuccinos and cupcakes for the moms. Did we say that? I think. Did you know? You didn't just get a rose. You've all got free cappuccinos. Sorry, all the mums. And, uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't be a mom if I, if I didn't say this. You can share my cappuccino, everybody, and you can share my cupcake. <laughs> and not one of you <laughs> you'll go without. So, so just remember that. Don't just leave. Please get your lovely cupcake with pink frosting and uh, a nice cappuccino. So thank you for that. So yes, so our faithfulness. So let's look at the word faithfulness. I'm I'm so encouraged. Grant and I were talking about it maybe a few weeks back. Uh, we were reading 1 Corinthians um, 12, about the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, one of the fruits of the Spirit is faithfulness. Faithfulness. We forget that. We go, love, patience, kindness, faithfulness. Faithfulness is a key fruit to have in this day. Because um, faithfulness is crumbling in the world's eyes. And um, everything is looking unfaithful. But he's the faithful one. So it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's also a gift. He's given us the gift of faith. That's 1 Corinthians 12. The gift of faith. And I was so encouraged reading that again today, uh, this week. Because the gift of faith, as you read there, was given for the working of miracles. Oh, and I thought, a gift of faith, nothing I've had to work for, for the working of miracles, to live a life in the Spirit, to live a life in the miraculous power of God. Not just for when I heal the sick or cast a demon. We need faith for those things, but we need faith for everyday living. We need faith to stay married. We need faith to work things out with our kids and their destinies. We need faith with each other. So that's a gift. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a gift. And it's a fruit of Holy Spirit, and that means it's a result of Him working in us. It's not us, as you know, Grant will say, popping out a grape now and again, or an orange or something like that. We don't have to, oh, you know, be intense about popping out fruit. The Holy Spirit enables that. It's the result of Him working in us. So right there, faithfulness to God is a result of him working inside of me. Holy Spirit is also, it says, our seal of faithfulness. The Holy Spirit is our seal. So not just a fruit, it's the seal of the witness of Jesus Christ in us, that we can be faithful to him. Isn't that amazing? Just to stop and pause. This is not going to be a big sermon that everybody in the world wants to hear, but it's for us as a community to hold on to faithfulness at this time, faithfulness to God and faithfulness to what he has called you to do. And faithfulness, we sang about it, it's believing God is who he said he is. It's believing that who he said, that's who he said he is. <laughs> All right, so 
I just think it's wonderful that gift of faith to us is the fullness of faith. It's the fullness of faith, and that is Jesus. And then just when you are getting tired and lonely along the walk, and we go, oh, I'm faithless. I don't have faith to do this. I don't have faith. I'm feeling weak in my faith. 2 Timothy 2.13. He says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. He cannot disown himself. When I read that, I thought, if you're saying that about yourself, and I'm going to be faithful to you, God, then I can say this about myself. I don't want to deny myself. Because who's living inside of you? Christ himself, the faithful one. So I'm able to be faithful. Even when those moments come where the faithlessness comes, all that faithless me, faithlessness is, is a lack of faith. So whatever we're going through can just sort of try and rob us, but he can't because we have the faithful one inside who is faithful to be faithful even when we are weak. It's just too beautiful. And unfaithful, I looked at the two words there, faithless and, and unfaithful. So faithless is lacking faith. Unfaithful is not having faith and then pledging your allegiance and belief in someone or something else. So walking away from faith. I'm now unfaithful and my allegiance is somewhere else. And he's not coming back for an unfaithful church. He's coming back for a good and faithful servant church. So let's look at, I've got two, two people I want to briefly touch on this morning. And the first one We'll find him in Colossians 1, verse 17. And he's also mentioned in chapter 4, verse 12. Not very much, but we can learn a lot about him. So Paul here is, is talking to the church in Colossae. And he talks about a man called Epaphras. Is that how you say it? Epaphras? I think Connor says Epaphras. And I thought, no, I can't really say that. It's Epaphras. And some say the name is shortened from Epaphrodites. I'm looking at Grant like, do you know this? <laughs> you better. <laughs> but it's not the same person, apparently. So anyway, but he's a good guy. And his name, Epaphras, means lovely lovely one. So that's a good name to call your child. Who's pregnant here? <laughs> so Paul here calls him a faithful minister of Christ. Let me just read, let's just read from verse 6. Well, actually, let's from verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing. Isn't this a beautiful letter from Paul? As it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. He's talking to the church in Colossae about this amazing man called Epaphras. Verse 7, just as you learned it 
from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Okay, we'll stop there. So Paul says, he calls him a faithful minister of Christ. And we, we see in church history that Epaphras is most likely the one who founded the church in Colossae. And Paul says in verse 7 and 8 that Epaphras also told him of the church's love in the Spirit. He said all the good things about the church. Epaphras, this is the man he was. He, he, he not only taught grace, he showed grace. And the church embraced grace. The church uh, embraced the love in the Spirit. And he always said good things about the church. Epaphras was not only of the church, but for the church. Ask yourself that question. Are you happy to just be at church? Or are you for the church? You know, being at church and being for the church are two different things. And I'm, I'm talking about local church and the body of Christ worldwide. Are we for her or are we just wanting to... Well, we'll come to 24-7 because they sort of do what we think is right. And what we think the Bible says we should be doing as Christians, you know. No, go somewhere where the truth, like Epaphras, he spoke truth always. In love, he showed grace. He was a man of um, sound doctrine. And it also goes on to say that he, he not only stayed in his local church, he went out to Laodicea and other places. He, so he... He was an apostle at heart. He wanted to bear witness and um, be the bearer of good news. Ask yourself the question today, am I a bearer of good news in this local body? Am I a fellow worker in this church, in the body of Christ, in 24-7 where he plants you? Am I a fellow worker here? Am I a bearer of good news? And then a little bit later, Colossians 4.12, just turn a few pages. Verse 12 says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea, and in that word, yeah, Eropolis. <laughs> so it tells us that Epaphras was a man of prayer. He always interceded on behalf of the church. That word intercession is that struggle, that agonizing prayer. And I said, Lord, when last did I actually struggle and pray in an agonizing way? for these people. Anyway, he was a, a man who was persistent in prayer, persistent in intercession, and Brian Simmons says he was persistent in intelligent prayer. What is intelligent prayer? Because you go on to... Um, that's still verse, the last part of verse 12... It says that they would stand firm in all the, the will of God, mature and fully assured. 
It's a mature, he was, he was committed to praying that this community in Colossae would be a church that would be thriving and maturing in the things of God and the will of God. I mean, it's, it's such a, you know, we live in this Western culture, even in South Africa, where, you know, church growth, church leadership programs, all these things are just increasing and big, big buildings, and that's wonderful as long as the gospel's being preached. It's wonderful. But what a joy as elders in a local church to see your people being fully assured, fully in the will of God, growing in faith, growing in love with one another and with him, worshiping him like we do. I mean, we are so blessed. Can I get an amen? <laughs> we are so blessed together in the, the beautiful corporate worship that we have. We can never take those things for granted. So I'm talking about Epaphras so that we can take things from his life, because he's only mentioned in a couple of verses, but so powerful. So powerful. He was faithful as a minister of God, but he was faithful to what God had called him to do, and he did it so well. And he was also in chains with Paul, so it wasn't an easy little cushy pastoral job in North Riding. <laughs> it wasn't that at all. He was often um, imprisoned and chained with Paul for the sake of the gospel. And those days are coming. Those days are coming. So we need to, as a church, take this seriously and be fully assured of our faith in him, not wavering when circumstances become bigger than what we can see, but not unwavering and fully convinced as a church. And so the second man, I told you I wasn't going to be long, the second man, his name is Gaius. Gaius? Gaius? Well, I like Gaius because that's his name means joyful or happy. <laughs> so is it Gaius? Okay, we'll say Gaius for the guys. Okay. <laughs> Gaius. Let's look at 3 John. 3 John. You can miss it. <laughs> 3 John is like three quarters of a page, that letter. And our beloved John, who we're studying in Revelations as well, he wrote this letter, the third letter. And it starts like this, verse 1. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Oh, I just love it. Verse 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I'm telling you now, if you want to hear the little conversations in our house, it goes something like this. There's no greater joy, and I can't explain it. You'll know one day, as elders, to know that you guys are walking in the truth that it's not just tickling ears on a Sunday, but that you're walking in the truth with your families. There's no greater joy. So, this letter is from John to a small community that Gaius was part of in modern-day Turkey. Who's in Turkey today? <laughs> When I read that, I thought, oh, phew, this is hitting home. <laughs> so, 
So it's a little letter, not even one page, written to a beautiful small community in modern-day Turkey and to this man, Gaius. John loved Gaius. He prayed for their well-being and rejoiced with them as they walked in the truth. And Gaius excelled in hospitality. How's that? <laughs> Who does hospitality at school as a subject? <laughs> they teach you how to cook hey, nice white sauces and <laughs> sew aprons and things like that. I don't know if Gaius did that. <laughs> no. But he, um, he excelled in hospitality. And I want to explain that and unpack that a bit for us as a church. Because hospitality is something that is forgotten. So Gaius excelled in hospitality and cared for missionaries and his fellow brethren. So just think of this guy. We've taken a few things from Epaphras, and I'll take some from Gaius. I really like want to say Gaius, but anyway. Okay, Gaius. Okay, Gaius. So hospitality, if you don't know what that word is or you've forgotten your school days, girls, is having a welcoming spirit. That's what it means. Having a welcoming spirit with each other in the body. Just stop there. A welcoming spirit with each other in the body. So the Father puts this here on John's heart to tell the church and, and encourages them and sort of lifts up this man and commends him for his spirit of hospitality. And we think it's quickly tidying our homes before so-and-so comes around. I do that. Oh, my gosh, home group, quick, you know, quick, quick, do the dishes, you know. So we're not talking about perfect homes. Whatever you have in your hand, be hospitable and welcoming with it. Welcome others into what you have. But it goes far beyond this because it says it's have, it means having a welcoming spirit with each other in the body and especially those who go and preach the good news. It says it right there. You can read it because it's not long. And um, especially with those who go and preach the good news. Man, we've, we've been to different places in the world. Connor's there in Turkey now. And I, I do commend you. You have been hospitable in your giving and your caring and trips that are coming up. Some of you have given jackets and, you know, to prepare him for other regions in the world that may be cold, you know? And it's, the, it's, the, it's having that mind, it's having that heart all the time. But it's also with one another. And that's what I want to happen today. It's like a sword in the spirit just coming through and cutting through the familiar, passive uh, kind of thinking that we sometimes have in, in attending church, you know, being at church. When you're for the church, you're naturally thinking about others, or you, you naturally saw that person come in and they're looking a bit down. Do you just go home? without going to that person and loving them and seeing if there's anything that they need. You know, that, it's, it's becoming an awareness, and it's not just for the elders. It's not saying we are perfect all the time and we get that right, because we do miss it at times. But it is important for us. I, like, we were praying upstairs before the meeting, and I just felt like, Lord, you know, when we look through human eyes, 
we see lovely and we see unlovely and we go, oh, you know, in God. And I just felt God say, no, what's unlovely to you and what's lovely to you, it's all the same to me. It's all the same to me. You know, this is basic. We should know this, but we don't live it out. We don't follow that. And I, I, I believe it's so powerful, the impartation more than the, the, just the hearing of, of these words, because they can tickle your words and you can forget everything I've said here, because today is about impartation. Right from the word go this morning, we felt the impartation of the Father over the mothers, over the church, the Spirit of God mothering the men, mothering you, children and the men and the single people, and we're all one family. And so this is this beautiful gift of hospitality that I want to put up my hand and say, I, I want more of that, Lord. And then he says, later in the letter, you'll see, uh, from verse 10, no, no, from 9. I'll just read it. I've written something to the church, but Diotrephes, <laughs> who likes to put himself first, <laughs> does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing. How's that? Talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who, wants, who want to and puts them out of the church. So he's talking about some people who have come into the life of this community of believers who have a totally different spirit to God's spirit in the life of a church. And he's saying, I'm going to deal with this. And so should you. So he warns of the divisiveness and the pride and the self-centeredness that creeps into the church. Why does it creep into the church? To take away the hospitality that we should be showing to one another. Because when divisiveness comes in, the walls go up and you don't want to you don't want to go beyond. You don't want to love. And then he says, and he warns the church not to imitate what is evil. Do not imitate evil, but imitate good. And what are the things that are evil? The things like little things, eh? Like gossip, the slander, the divisiveness the rebellion against authority, all those things. They're little things that creep in, and he's dealing with it, and he says, you're going to deal with it by embracing a spirit of hospitality, a welcoming spirit with your brothers and sisters, because what you do to them, you do to me. Okay? Simple as that. So we see here John's trademark. You see it through the first letter, the second letter, and this third letter. His trademark was showing love and grace to everyone, but it wasn't cuddly love all the time. It was beautiful love and grace for everybody, but it was fierce love. He, he did not tolerate anything that came against this very thing, the hospitality with one another. And you might think, well, hospitality, you know, that's such a feminine thing. No, it's not. It's a fierce thing. It's a very fierce thing, and we're going to need it in the church in these last days more than ever before. So he encourages us, us to imitate what is good, what is godly. See, you can be good, you can be kind, 
But there's a kindness and a goodness that is of God. It's godly goodness. It's godly kindness. There's a scripture that says, the kindness of God leads to repentance. So if my goodness and my kindness to you is just so that I can get something back or you invite me to your house next week for a great meal, <laughs> that's not what it's about. It's not about that kind of interaction. It's about me pressing into you so that you can get closer to him through me. It's imitate me, Paul says, as I follow Christ. And that's going to be the, the language of a, a church on fire, a fierce church in the days that we live in. <clears throat> and so, verse 5. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers. John commends Gaius of his faithfulness in everything he does. So there's that word faithfulness again. And then well done, good and faithful servant is what we're going to hear one day. And he's going to say, you were faithful over a few things, and now I will make you rulers over much. We're going to hear those words. It's faithfulness. Faithfulness, if that's one thing you leave with today. So now let's just touch on well-being as I come to a close. Well-being, it's something in the body that needs to be highlighted, addressed, ministered in all of those ways because I was thinking about it, why would my soul not be well? Because John encourages Gaius here. I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. And our souls take a battering sometimes. And I was thinking, why is that? Why is it not well? We're believers, we're sons and daughters of God. Why is it not well with my soul? And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, what are you looking at? What are you thinking of? Who are you listening to? All those things paint a massive picture in front of us. And that massive picture in front of you is either going to free you or it's going to consume you with negativity. So depending what has your attention in this hour today will determine the freedom of your soul. There's, an, uh, there's so much negativity. Everything is negative out there. And we cannot, I mean, where's that scripture? Think of those things that are in Philippians. Pure, honorable, noble, lovely. We've, we've got to take these basic little truths again and, and just eat them. <laughs> Eat them and consume them and, and, and live them out because these are the things that are going to give you a steadfastness and an endurance to persevere till the end. So be faithful to first love. So if you're feeling that your soul is not so well, the first thing is be faithful to your first love. Just go back quietly. You don't... don't bash yourself and say, I can't believe I let myself get my attention off you, God, and I'm, I'm, these things are overwhelming me, and the picture is so massive in front of me, this mountain is huge, I'm actually not doing well. You know, what's coming out of your mouth? Okay, he lives inside of you. So it's to stop, but recognize where you are. What life choices have I made? Have I made these life choices in you? Or have I just made them because it was a good idea? 
Because maybe it's not, and you have to just go back to that place and say, these life choices that I've made, Lord, bring, bring me back to you where my attention is on you. Because that is where your well-being will be. Faithfulness to God. Not faithfulness um, in, in a human way, but faithfulness in a spirit way. <clears throat> and then be faithful to what he has called you to do. And both these men were faithful to what God had called them to do. In little ways where nobody saw anything, and in big ways. And in tough ways. And, and I just feel these two men today are beautiful examples. I don't know how many times they get preached about. But they touched my heart. And I know it's a word for now. And as an earthly mother, you desire each of your children to, to be well in every area. And as a mother, you'll do, as Grant was saying, you'll do anything and everything to nurture your child in the destiny that God's called them to. You'll just do that. So Heavenly Father does the same thing today. He mothers us today. He's nurturing us and he cares for the well-being of every single one of you because you're his children. So won't you stand with me? I want to just pray. And I, I feel there's such an impartation today more than just the word. Um, the word is powerful, but the impartation on it is, is really weighty today. And um, I'm going to pray a general prayer, but if there is anyone, because as a mother, I can't let you go home <laughs> not feeling uh, whole and not feeling loved. So I want to pray for you. You can be the toughest man on the outside or the toughest woman on the outside, and you have it all together. Maybe you have the means to have it all together, and then there's some of you who maybe don't have the means to have it all together on the outside. God's looking at everyone today and saying, you're the same in my eyes. You're the same. So there's a couple of things we've, we've got from this today, Lord faithfulness to you, regardless of our background, regardless of our status, regardless of our situation presently. We are faithful to you, God. And what you've spoken to every son and every daughter here over the years, and what you're saying to them now, and what you are going to say to them, we grab hold of that, Lord, and we want to be faithful to it. We make it very personal today, Lord. We don't look to others to make that happen for us. We actually just come before you humbly today in such a genuine reality, Lord, and honesty. We say, would you come, Holy Spirit, now, and help every single one of us, Lord, to put our attention only on you, God. 
if it's been on other things that have overwhelmed us and have become like a massive picture, a massive mountain, God, we just come and say, we're sorry for that. And he says back to you, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what you've done. I don't even know what you're thinking. All I see is you. Because he's faithful to you. He is faithful to you. When you are faithless, he remains faithful to you. And whatever you have been talking to him about, personally, deep in the recesses of your heart, he says, I hear all of that. I hear every word I've seen, every tear. And where there's been lack in a human way of love, and there's a need and a void and an ache in some hearts here today, the spaces that were not filled by mothers and fathers and children and wives and husbands, they were not filled, they were not satisfied. God, I pray for every single son and daughter in this room today. And I pray that they find their fulfillment in you, the faithful one, who is everything we need right now. And where there's this open, gaping wounds, Lord, of the past, I just thank you, Father, that we can let go and forgive those who've hurt us. We can let go. We can let go and not be attached to that any longer because we are attached to the living one, the faithful one who never lets go his side. He never lets go. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, for an enablement from a spirit realm today, an enablement that comes and says, I'll help you to be faithful to the one. I'll help you to feel loved where you are lacking love. I'll put the ointment on the wounds of rejection and betrayal and just simply absence. I just find there, in the spirit there may be some people who've just felt that there's something absent in their lives. And God, I thank you that you would fill and pour out oil that heals, the grain that provides nourishment to your people, Lord, the water of the word just poured out over us, Lord. As we're faithful to you as our first love, we want to be faithful to this word, faithful to the reading of it, faithful to the believing on it. And I feel so strongly of late that you can say, I believe, but do you know how to receive? It's like you can believe these words, wow, this is awesome, but can you receive it for yourself? So if you're feeling that today, just lift up your hands, I am. I want to always receive what I'm believing. I always want to live as a receptor, a receiver.
so that I've always got so that I could give out, that I can be love lived out. Jesus. And Father, I pray for us as a family today that hospitality, a welcoming spirit, Lord, we would take that literally and receive it today and let it be between husband and wife, a welcoming spirit. Let it be in the family with children. Let it be amongst brothers and sisters today. Let there never, ever be anyone who comes here, Lord, that does not feel welcomed into your presence. Father, we just thank you that we can't always do that on our own because we fail. But we thank you for the enabler. Thank you for the faithful one who enables us. So thank you, God. And in this, Lord, we give you the well-being of our souls. Every part of our souls, our thinking, our dreaming, our meditating, our little mumbling and murmurs that we, we just say on our own when nobody's listening, Lord. We give you every part of our souls. And we want to be a church that says it is well with my soul. And when we, when we are, have that welcoming spirit and we're looking and we're sensitive to each other, Lord, we're able to help one another put, put their eyes back on to the one. So we encourage one another today, Lord, with your truth and with the nature of our Jesus and the wonderful helper and Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the impartation of heaven today and your anointing. And we're so grateful, Lord, for everything that you've done. But today we don't want to be just grateful. We want to be faithful. Faithful back to you, God, in every single way. Faithful to you in our, in our love relationship with you and faithful to what you've called us to. And so I thank you for this in Jesus' name. And I'm